0: This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network.
1: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B.
0: Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Duntree. Now, last evening, starting at 7 o'clock and ending close to half 10, the dual Media Committee had a hearing. The person in front of them was Catherine Martin, Deputy Leader of the Green Party. She is the Minister for Tourism, Culture, Arts, the talked Sport and Media, which is quite a mouthful and quite a portfolio but she was there for three and a half hours and she was answering for the chaos in RTE and her part in it, particularly her appearance on primetime last Thursday night in which she effectively forced the chair of RTE, Sean Raleigh, to resign, which O'Reilly subsequently did. The journalist who broke this story initially about RTE, about 11 months ago, the first break in this story, is Fanon Sheehan. He's Ireland editor of independent newspapers, one of the very best journalists we have or i have ever had in this country. Fanon, the three and a half hours last night, tell me what your opinion of it was in terms of increasing our knowledge and ironing out some of the wrinkles that hang around this story.
3: Yeah, we- we, we have a bit more details of the who, what, where, when, uh, certainly of the dynamic, uh, between the minister and, and the chair, which would appear to have been, uh, fairly fraught, uh, even, even before, uh, the, the primetime appearance by, by Catherine Martin last, uh, Thursday night. So we, we now know what happened uh, throughout that day, according to the minister, and that basically she learned at 11 o'clock in the morning that, that she had been misinformed uh, over, the, over the previous number of days about the board's involvement in the signing off of, 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 of payoffs, basically of exit packages from RTE. With confidentiality agreements. With confidentiality agreements attached, so she took severe umbrage, uh, at, at this, even though it was Shunri Ahli, the then chair of RT, who was coming back and telling her, listen, I misinformed you there. Actually, in one case, it was a remuneration committee meeting, uh, as set out under the procedures. We told you that back in, in, about that back in October. Uh, I failed to recollect this the other day when you asked me about it. And I'm coming back and telling you now. But from there, then, there's basically a, a spiral of events, uh, of, of phone calls between, and conversations between the minister and, and her officials, and those officials going back to Shuny Rally. So basically what transpired is Catherine Martin decided, this isn't good enough, I'm the minister, I should be told wh- uh, what, what's going on by a state board chair, uh, I'm going to write her a letter uh, expressing my disappointment at, at this issue, uh, and summon her to a meeting the following day about it. She says they got back on to, to Shunni rally and Shunni rally said, oh, what are you sending the letter for? I don't need a letter. Uh, and basically indicated that, that she would resign uh, if this letter uh, was, was was sent. So at that point, the minister has a, has a, a choice, really. Is she going to push this issue or not? And she decides to push it. She sends the letter to Shunni rally by email, she summons her to a meeting the following day, despite the threat yes. to, to, to resign. So pretty much Shuni Raleigh is on, is on the brink at this point. There are numerous phone calls between Shuni Raleigh and the, and the Secretary-General and the Assistant Secretary-General. What there isn't at any point is a phone call between Catherine Martin and Shuni Raleigh. She doesn't pick up the phone to her. She insists that she has to come in and have a formal uh, meeting, whether that's face-to-face, whether on, on, on Zoom. Are 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 in in person with her and with her officials, and there's not really a satisfactory answer to why exactly do you need your officials with you in order to, to speak to a, a board chair with whom you are disappointed. Katra Martin has also said she doesn't think that Shoni Raleigh did this intentionally. She keeps saying it was un, it was unintentional on Shoni Raleigh's point to to misinform her, and in Shoni Raleigh's defence you say, well, she, she did inform the Minister of this process back in October. She did put a proper corporate governance process in place uh, around this, and she basically was the one who told the Minister uh, last Thursday morning that she had made a mistake. But it would seem for the Minister this was uh, some sort of major mistake, a cardinal sin, and basically she was willing to push the, uh, the, the, the RTE chair uh, out uh, if if needed be. Now, the minister also had a, a meeting, uh, an interview arranged with Primetime, a very rare interview, one would have to say. Yeah. Uh, this is a minister who hasn't really been on the front foot across this scandal uh, for the last uh, 12 months uh, at all. So she suddenly decides, oh, I'm going on Primetime and I have to go on and I can't cancel it. This is also conveyed to Shoni Rahali. And uh, basically, as the minister says, she was arriving out in RTE and she suddenly hears that there's been a leak and that there are media queries in uh, about this issue with Shuni Rally and not being informed. So she goes into RTE and she and her officials tell RTE primetime, ask me the question. Yes. Basically, she plants the question with RTE yes. to ask her about Shuni rally?" She then goes down that route of explaining the position with Shuni Rally, But she doesn't think, she it doesn't dawn on her that when she goes on national television and dumps all over a state board chair, that she's going to be asked, Do you have confidence in the state board chair? Especially by uh, Miriam McCallan, yeah, a very that, experienced journalist. That never crosses her mind. So the minister, God bless her, is taken by surprise by this question <laughs> and says she, she tried her best to not express a lack of confidence in, in the chair. But I mean, what she did was. She expressed a lack of confidence in the chair. There's only one answer to that if you have confidence. Yes, I do. Yes. So, anyway, she comes out of that and literally, basically, within, within three hours, uh, Shuni Rahali uh, has resigned at, at 10 to 1 uh, in, in the morning. And the minister is expressing the view that, well, I, I wish she had come to talk to me the following day. And you're kind of going, well, well, why? You went on national television, you dumped all over, you basically sacked her on live television, you had written a letter to her, scolding her earlier on uh, in 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 the evening, uh, and you were summoning her to a meeting. So why why do, why do you think that this person was going to go through that uh, when you basically humiliated her on live television? The other thing, of course, about a letter: letters can leak, letters are FOIable, letters emerge in time. So it yes. was quite clear that once Catherine Martin sent a letter, that it was going to be on the public record at some point. Yes, that. She was deeply disappointed with Shuny Raleigh and the manner uh, in which she had conducted herself as the RTE chair.
0: Now, O'Reilly has form in some respects. She didn't tell anybody about the suspension of D. Forbes. In fact, she went on the 61 News and was interviewed by David McCullough, and she regrettably, you might say, when D. Forbes came into the conversation, she didn't tell David McCullough that D. Forbes who was the director general had in fact been suspended.
3: Yes. Now yeah.
0: that's the sin of omission.
3: That's the sin of omission, and also she didn't. She she didn't tell the minister that she'd actually tried to sack D Forbes the previous week when the Ryan Tuberty payments yeah. uh, report report dropped. So that dropped. Here's here's the interesting uh, ca- catalogue. Thursday night, back in back in June last year, D Forbes has her going away party below yep. in Arthur Main's pub uh, in in Donnybrook. Friday morning, in a in a stunning coincidence that nobody could have predicted whatsoever, the Grant Thornton report into the Ryan Tuberty affair drops, which implicates her heavily uh, in that. Uh, Shoni Raleigh and her board members get it. Uh, deliberate over it and decide immediately to ask for D Forbes uh, to resign. From from what we can understand now, it's not that D Forbes refused; is that she didn't respond. So they basically couldn't sack her because they couldn't get get a hold of her or something uh, like that. She was then suspended the following week. Yes, but it the but Shoni didn't tell the minister that she'd asked for her to resign didn't tell the nation through David McCullough that she was actually suspended. The official story from RTE at that time was that D fours was on holidays when, in fact, there had been an attempt to sack her and she was uh, suspended. So it only emerges later on in the week. We also know now that, that at that point, Shewani Rally had a report into the other phase of the Ryan Tuberty payment scandal regarding uh, earlier issues around misstatements of his earnings and that report basically told her that that had nothing to do with, with Ryan, Ryan Tuberty. Uh, that was an internal RTE, uh, jiggery-pokery going on there. Again, she didn't disclose that. They set up a, a separate investigation into that, and we never learned uh, about, about that report. She has been in rooms as well where things have been said. Uh, Rory Coveney telling the Neuroctis Committee that Toy Show The Musical was signed off on by the board uh, and was yep. signed off on by the Audit and Risk Committee of RTE. That didn't happen. Uh, and she was sitting there, and she could have, she could have intervened there and and corrected that. So what Catherine Martin was basically saying was, this isn't the first time that I was kept misinformed. So she's basically saying, she didn't tell me about that at that point. The D Forbes issue. She also says that she didn't learn until recent weeks that Rory Coveney got a payoff when he left RTE after the full extent of the losses of Toy Show, the musical, emerged, yes. and his, his his intrinsic role in, in, in that. So he left at that point, the day before Kevin Backhurst takes up the job as Director General. There is a payoff there. It was obvious at the time that there was a payoff. Kevin Backhurst pretty much confirmed there was a payoff. He just wouldn't go into the details. So how on earth the minister can only find out eight months later is is quite staggering. Because what's coming across in this entire affair and true. Catherine Martin's testimony over the past week is how how few questions Catherine Martin and her and her department yes. were asking RTE. So on the one hand, when they ask a question, they were demanding absolute, complete, and thorough openness, transparency, and accountability. But on the flip side, sometimes they didn't seem to want to know. Yes, and exactly. that's what, that's the glaring yeah. issue here.
0: Yes, and we must remember. That it's almost twelve months. It was last March that this really began to be worrying. In fact, on St. Patrick's Day.
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's next week, basically one year ago, yes. uh the Deloitte, the internal auditors find uh basically two very strange invoices for seventy five grand out of yes. a barter account out of a barter account, so pretty much buried uh in RTE uh RTE's accounts. I think that was March the 2nd or March the 3rd, they go around RTE asking accountants and the DG's office, what's this about? They don't get an adi- adequate explanation. So they go to the board uh, on, on St. Patrick's Day and from there, a formal investigation is initiated. Now, look, there have been over time, uh, people at Oireachtas committees have asked, "Who did somebody tip them off about this? Uh, was it really just found randomly? But to the best of our knowledge, this was just found as part of the, the, the random audit, audit yes. capabilities. Literally, the the needle was found in the haystack and there was no explanation for it. Just to add on that one, Eamon, uh, the RTE chair tells the department and the minister, we've just hired the biggest one of the biggest accountancy firms in the country and one of the biggest legal firms in the country, Grant Thornton and Arthur Cox, to carry out an investigation into a very serious issue of money uh, being unexplained in RTE, And the response from the minister and the department is basically, sure, that's grand, carry on. They don't ask any more questions. They don't seek any further updates until the thing is actually dropped three months later, and that's what's quite staggering about that.
0: Yes, and I mean, if you look at Catherine Martin's portfolio, and I read it out, I don't want to waste our listeners' time or your time, but she's the minister for tourism, culture, arts, the Gale Talk, sport, and media. There's a lot of work there. We have not seen her. Uh, really, very
3: re- really, really. I mean, that Jesus, back in the Kenny's day, yeah. he used to be called the minister for, for fun. I mean, that, yeah. that is not a heavy lifting department. There might be a lot of stuff in there. But really, I yeah, mean, no, I, you, look at their, you look at their legislative agenda, you look at the budget that they have. This is not, she's not the minister for health. She's no. not the minister for education. She's not the minister for right. finance. She, it's a pretty low-ranking title.
0: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: Finding your perfect home was hard. But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier.
0: who often appears like a figure of fun and makes, you know, he has his own characteristics, Matty McGrath, TD. He declared last night, he's a member of the media committee, that there was a cabal at the top in RTE, and I think he was right. I think there's something emerging here. They don't answer questions unless they're tricked into almost, they don't volunteer information. One example of that is the Director General Kevin Backhurst in a meeting with the Minister, Catherine Martin, and Shun Nirahali. And Shun Nirahali misinforms the Minister about the exit packages and the confidentiality and all of that. She's got her facts wrong, and she's misleading the minister. Kevin Backhurst is sitting beside her, and he says nothing. He doesn't say, "Well, actually, that's not true." Now, how can that be explained?
3: Yeah, so, so from from Catherine Martin's perspective, this was put to her that that effectively Kevin Backhurst had committed the same crime uh, as as Junior Raleigh. That that she'd asked the question that. She didn't get a satisfactory answer, and she was that she she says she asked it repeatedly over the course of two long meetings, and that then subsequently she was told this this was was the case. Now, Catherine Martin's explanation was, my relationship as minister is with the chair uh, of the board, not with the secretary general, and she expressed confidence in the in the sec in, in sorry in the director general, uh, Kevin Backhurst, uh, but. There was dissatisfaction expressed by the Fianna Fáil senator, Shane Castles. Yeah, he said
0: that he didn't think Backhurst's position was sustainable.
3: Yeah, and, and also Michal Carnegie of, of Fine Gael and, and Matthew McGrath, the independent TD, also highlighted that uh, Shane Castles said what was Mr. Backhurst doing inside in, in the meetings? Was he making the tea? So, you know... Hence that, you're a
0: very clever headline in today's Irish Independent... From the toy man Tuberty to the tea man Kevin Backhurst. Sorry. Judith. Yeah,
3: it's it, it's a it's a curious one because you, you're you basically being told Kevin Backhurst is sitting inside. So we now know there was Catherine Martin and six officials. There yeah. was Kevin Backhurst and there was shun Nirali. Catherine Martin says she repeatedly asked what was the board's in, in involvement. Now you're kind of going, okay, so what exactly was the question here? Because if you asked. Did the board approve these payments, these exit payments? The answer to that was no. Did the board approve Richard, or um, Rory Coveney's exit payment? The answer to that was no. Did the board approve Richard Collins's? No, but the remuneration committee, which is a subcommittee of the board, did approve it, and that's headed up by the RT chair. So there is a board role uh, very definitely in the in the approval of that particular payment. What we're told is, that over the course of two very long meetings, they both went on for about two hours, there was a lot of issues and uh, questions raised and, and so on and so forth, and that there was some confusion around a question uh, about the approval by the RT board of the exit of of, of Richard Collins. And the r- part of the reason behind that con- confusion is because the RT chair had actually told the Department Secretary General back in October that that, that about this uh, uh, process being being signed off on and, and concluded with the with, with Richard Collins, and that basically they they took the view. Sure, you know the answers that, and they, they didn't seem to 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 answer it uh, again. It would appear there are suggestions that it was Kevin Backhurst who, after these meetings, went to Sean Rally and went, "Hang on." The remuneration committee was actually the ones who signed off on that, which prompted her to go off and check the minutes again and go back to the minister and tell her, yeah. But they kind of took it as a given that the minister already knew, uh, that the board had approved this because we know that back in October, when the Richard Collins deal was signed off on, it, it did, it did go through the proper processes that weren't in place previously, really. Uh, and that uh, the department were informed at that time the department secretary general who's now retired says she doesn't remember being told that the board signed off on it just that the process was not was not concluded so you are it it does raise the question was 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 she deliberately misinforming the minister well the minister says it was unintentional so clearly uh, she she wasn't and also what exactly was junior Raleigh hiding here she put a, a proper corporate, corporate governance process in place it went through that from the h r director a mediation process to the h r director to the director general who brought it to the board subcommittee for approval, and the department was notified of that subsequently if the department didn't ask a whole lot of questions at that time, is that really Sho raleigh's fault and you're you're kind of left a, a bit be bemuddled be here about what exactly is is catherine martin uh getting uh Getting disappointed uh, by uh, if if ultimately she was told about this issue four months ago, didn't show a whole lot of interest in it in it back then, and was was subsequently provided with this information, which was never a secret because there was a record of that meeting uh, at that time of the board subcommittee.
0: Now, Matthew McGrath's description of a cabal mm. running RTE resonates with me. Does it resonate with you?
3: Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's abundantly. I mean, you
0: are one of the best journalists in the country and experienced, and you're not given to throwing the head. This is wrong.
3: Yeah, it is wrong. I mean, if if, if you look through uh, the various scandals that have come come forth now, so in turn, the, the Tuberty payments, they were secret payments which were signed off uh, on at the... At the highest level of RTE, right up to and including the director general, D Forbes, um, at yes. D Forbes, and there were other people involved in that, and there were quite clearly attempts to keep those payments hidden uh, in a in a in a separate account, uh, and so on and so forth. Also, the the statements made by RTE about the top ten earners were fabricated because yes. those for for six years. Um, Payments made to the, the figures associated with Ryan Tupperty were were incorrect. So quite clearly, there were people uh, involved in that. In Toy Show the Musical, uh, it didn't go through the proper processes. It it was a spend in excess of two million. It didn't go before the board formally. It was. It's quite clear that the board was not provided with all the information. Again, quite clear that the board didn't raise adequate questions. Uh, didn't interrogate the issue uh, enough, and they have admitted that. And then, most egregiously probably, on the golden handshakes, we know that there was a a private deal between D Forbes and Breed O'Keefe, the then uh, chief financial officer, to pay her a very substantial exit payment of 450 grand for redundancy that didn't happen, because she was just, leaving the organization, her role wasn't being made redundant, and there was no saving associated with it. We also know that the head of HR, who is still in place, Iamer Cusack, knew about that deal as well, because she was was the one that processed it. But again, proper procedures were not followed. That was not signed off with the executive uh, of RTE, and the board, sure as heck, didn't know uh, about it, it either. So the cabal was there was quite clearly a cabal in place that that conducted its business as it saw fit, uh, without notifying uh, without notifying people at at other levels within within the org, within the the organisation. What we're un, what we're unclear about now is is there still a cabal running RTE? And I suppose. That's the question. In that, there's a number of, of things that have now happened that you're looking at going, well, hang on, is this just the way that business is done, or was there, was there some form uh, of, of information being kept private?
0: Now, Fanon, this idea that has gained hold now that RTE executives and senior people in that organization that the taxpayer pays for will not answer questions or indeed do the right thing unless their hand is forced. I want to ask you about Breda O'Keefe and Emer Cusack. Eamor Cusack did a job of arranging with D. Forbes, who was then Director General, for a payment of €450,000 on that deal you just referred to. It was... Supposed to be redundancy, it wasn't redundancy. The job remained, and that is hanging out there still. Now, Emer Cusack is still the HR director in RTE, and Kevin Backhurst intervened on three occasions. Last time she attended the media committee to defend her, and he has also put her on his leadership team. Now, Emma Cusack has very serious questions to answer about who knew that Breed O'Keefe was getting this massive payoff, a person who has refused to come back, incidentally, to the committees and answer for herself. Kevin Backhurst seems to think that what Emma Cusack did with Dee Forbes is okay. It's not okay, is it? No, it kept uh, it a secret from the board.
3: Yes, it, it was kept secret from the executive management team. I mean, basically, yes. uh, all re- this a, a key part of the terms and conditions of any deals were, you know, there was conditions around the role we made redundant, the saving that had to be that had to be made, but there was also criteria that uh, such a arra- any uh, redundancy had to be cleared by the executive management team. And you'd kind of look at it logically and say, "Well, why was that necessary?" And that was to ensure that there was a, some form of proper corporate governance system in place. To also, you'd have to say, protect the organisation, protect the license fee payer. Yes, exactly. To ensure that private deals couldn't be 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 carried out, that there couldn't be a situation arising where somebody just made an arrangement, with, struck a deal with, with one individual, that there had to be some level of transparency whereby the management of the organization were saying collectively, yeah, no, no, all these have gone through us uh, and, and we're signing off of them. The exact opposite happened here. The, the director general agreed that the, the, the chief financial officer, one of the most senior people in the organization, could leave under redundancy. The head of HR was instructed uh, to, to to see that out. Her excuse seems to be she was new to the organization at the time and said that there wouldn't be a saving, but she was told there would be a saving, and that was that. She didn't really protest it uh, anymore. Over time, she issued a letter to uh, to the, the then CFO, Bride O'Keefe, outlining how much money she would be paid, outlining her, the terms of her departure, and also wrote on that letter this has been signed off on by the executive management team because that was one of the, the, the criteria uh, required. So it's, it's, and that was untrue because that she was hadn't true. told the executive management. She says, Eimear Cusack, the head of HR, says it was up to the director general to bring this matter to the executive management team. So she left it in her hands to do so. She sat there, again, somebody who sits at a table and says nothing when items come up. Yes. That seems to be a recurring team within RTE. So she sat there uh, and basically uh, was there when it was announced to the executive management team that Brita O'Keefe was going to be leaving. She knew that this was a redundancy. She knew the sums of money involved, and she knew that there wasn't going to be a saving. She also knew that the executive management team had to sign off on that. Instead, it was announced uh, to the RTE management team, is leaving best of luck to her. We'll have a going away party for her. And nobody said anything about her redundancy. And Imra Cusack sat there and said nothing at that time, while the rest of the management team were sitting on the table, the the 10 other people, were none the wiser, basically, that this was not just a straightforward resignation that was being presented to them.
0: And Kevin Backhurst has favoured and promoted her and publicly stated to the public council committee that she was a key part of the new RTE that he was going to lead. So that, that's a worrying fact. I want to ask you a final question, you've been really good, and I know how busy you've been. We're nowhere near the end of this, it seems to me, but yours is a more informed view, and remember, you, without your journalism, we wouldn't know any of this stuff. Is this near an end, or will this crisis continue until the house is really cleaned?
3: So a a more troubling aspect of the Minister's statement to the Iraqis Committee last night was that the reports that she has commissioned uh, into the the finances and and structures within RTE are delayed again. Uh, She was expecting them this month. She doesn't expect them now until sometime uh, next month. And effectively, any reform of RTE is on hold until those reports come back. Until we can say, well, we know everything now, and here's a roadmap ahead in terms of what structures need to be to be put uh, in in place. In fairness to Shuni Raleigh and Kevin Mackers, they were putting some of those structures in in, in place uh, al- already up until the minister's act. So that's all stalled. At the same time, the debate over the future funding of RTE is more muddled than ever. Recently, the minister Catherine Martin is talking about getting rid of the TV license. As recently as yesterday, Pascal donahue uh, told uh, Sinn Féin in the Dáil, that's fine. If you want to get rid of the TV license, you have to tell me where are you getting the 150 million quid that that currently <laughs> brings in. The Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, has expressed privately has been kind of signaling he was in favor of it as some sort of give people money back kind of cost of living uh, thing where you'd people wouldn't have to pay 160 quid a year anymore. On the flip side is saying publicly that he's troubled about the idea uh, that uh, a government headed up, for example, at a future by Mary Lou MacDonald, who was suing RT, would also be in charge of determining yes. how much money they get uh, on an annual basis. And that basically the TV license at least adds some certainty uh, in, in that regard. And Michal Martin is implacably opposed to the removal of the TV licence fee. He happens to believe in public sector broadcasting and he believes that there should be a, a direct uh, public contribution from to, to maintain that, that level of, of ownership by, by the public uh, of it. So, that's March. We'll have those reports back. They'll have to be deliberated upon. There'll be more this Committee hearings, no doubt, uh, about that. We've got the local European elections coming up uh, in in June. You can't, at this stage, logically see uh, any decision coming down the track in that regard uh, before then. And then after that, we're in the countdown to the general election. So given everything that has been happening in RTE, and given that the minister has now inserted herself right into the middle of it, do does one really see that the other parties sitting around the table have such faith in RTE and such faith in this minister That they're willing to go down that route of making such a fundamental decision. And you'd have to say the answer to that at the moment is no. Those situations can change in politics. Maybe in a couple of weeks' time, people will look at it and go, we need to get this thing off the the agenda. And therefore, the best way of doing that is is decide. When there's five
0: or 600 people. Or are you going to to let go five or 600 people? There are ordinary workers in there, long time, loyal, talented people who are refused redundancy. What are they to make of this?
3: Yeah, there, there are, there are people who were refused redundancy when people who weren't entitled to redundancy were were, were, getting, the, it. were, were getting to it. the tune we, of
0: four hundred and fifty. Four hundred and fifty grand.
3: We we know that now. We know there's still tax implications from that to still still come down the track.
0: Which RTE will have to pay?
3: And we know that staff in RT are are protesting again outside the management building just to express their, I suppose their their disenchantment, their their disbelief, and their disappointment with what exactly is being revealed. So it's 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 not a good position to be in. We 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 probably thought a few weeks ago that things were were dying off. This emergence of this this latest wave uh, of scandal around golden handshakes and who know what, when paints an unedifying picture again uh, of RTE, and we now know basically that the minister who is in charge of that is extremely naive, doesn't mm. really know how the media works at all if she thinks she go on national television and not be asked questions, is a pretty bad judge of character because she thinks that when somebody who is a person of some significance says they're going to resign, she doesn't think they're going to resign and she can go and humiliate them. And yes. she's also pretty indecisive, kind of wishy-washy around yep. whether she did or she didn't want this chair to go or not, and her actions would indicate one thing, and her utterances would indicate a- another. So no, you're, you're, you're not instilled with confidence here. More to
0: come. We're very grateful to Fanon Sheehan. Fanon is Ireland editor of Independent Newspapers, and we're very grateful to him. He broke the story originally, and we're very, very grateful for the contribution he's made to the stand. Thank you Fanon. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon.